All right, producer Kay, what's happening? Oh, you know, living life. Living life, living yeah. the dream. Yep. Rebel dream. Always. <laughs> what's going on this week? Uh, had something going on this week that or deals with what we're talking about this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's that? Uh, my daughter had a sex ed class at school. Ooh, yeah. that's a biggie. Yes. How old is she? She's 11. Oh, yeah, she's Link's age. Yeah. Ooh. Did you know what was going to happen? I did. Okay, you did. So the school told you. They did. They asked permission. Oh, all right. All right. Mm -hmm. Orange County Schools. I don't know if this has been solved or not. They're doing sex ed where they're teaching uh, gay marriage, transgender, everything. I mean, it's California, obviously, Ooh. teaching everything. Public yeah. schools. It's not a surprise. Like, it, it's disappointing. I'm mm -hmm. not surprised. They sent out a thing to parents saying, oh, your kids are required. It is not... Uh, yeah, it's not, uh, what is it? Not, it's, uh, it is mandatory. mandatory. It's not yeah. voluntary. Yeah. You can't pull your kids from it, regardless of your religious beliefs. Oh, no. And I was like, woo, you're going to get into a big fight. Yeah. And it was a huge fight. Huge, huge Ooh. fight. So they asked permission. She goes, how was it? It actually went really well. Here's the deal. I don't want to throw your school under the bus. We definitely want to do that. Because yep. I love teachers. I like public school teachers. Mm -hmm. my, both my parents are public school teachers. Okay. Yeah. I just did a fundraiser at a Christian school and they were like, can you not bash public schools when you do a fundraiser? And I was like, why would I do that? Both my parents taught public school. I went to public <laughs> school for a while. Like, um, yeah. so I don't want to say your school's name. Did they say things that you would have disagreed with? Like, did they talk about homosexuality? Did they talk about anything gay, anything trans? No, 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 not this go round. This was the first the just year. introduction. Yeah. 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 So it was more on puberty, Ah. what to expect, but it was great because she held on to questions for just Josh and I. Yeah. You built that relationship. We did. Yeah. Yeah. So That's it kind of awesome. felt like a victory. <laughs> Heck yeah. It's a huge victory. Huge, huge victory. Yeah, yeah. Today's topic for sure. You know, we had a mom, uh, call us. I, it's not been, I don't know if it's been two months. Her son was at high school. He's a freshman and all of his friends are talking about masturbation, mm. uh, the M word. And none of them had any idea what they were talking about, apparently. And all of a sudden, he goes, you know what? I'm just going to go home and ask my mom. Yeah. She'll tell me. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he said that out loud at high school? And she's like, yeah, totally. I'm like, what does friends do? And they're like, oh, good. Ask your mom. Because he did. And yeah. she's like, oh, well, okay. Here you go. I was like, oh, wow. my goodness. That's, That's the truth. Uh, Rebels. Two of the most frequent questions we ever get asked about parenting is one, how do you talk to kids about sex? Two, much more frequently today uh, and with frequently so much more yeah. anxiety, emotion, feeling, depth, I don't know, is mm -hmm. what do you do if you find out your kid's looking at porn? Mm. Um, which happens, here's the thing too, first of all, it happens all the time. Pornography is rampant, it's pandemic, uh, not epidemic, pandemic. It's everywhere. So this comes up a lot. Today's broadcast, we are going to talk about how do you talk to your kids about sex? What do you do if you find out your kid's looking at porn? Um, wow. We're going to unpack a huge, huge topic. It's heavy. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, here's what you don't know. My dad, well, you know this. My dad wrote a book called Preparing for Adolescence, mm -hmm. which was designed for parents on how to take a special trip with your kid to talk about puberty and life changes and how your body's going to change <laughs> and sex and all those things. Um, so he wrote that a long, long time ago. In fact, he wrote that book based on notes he took to talk to my sister about sex. Uh, my dad is so smart. And he was like, hey, if I'm struggling with this, I bet other parents are. I'll just do all the research I possibly can. And then if it works out well for me, I'll just give it away to all the other parents. <laughs> and so he wrote Preparing for Adolescence uh, awesome. based off of that. Now, because he was so insanely popular and still is, over the years, I have heard many, 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 many stories of adults whose parents used Preparing for Adolescence <laughs> to talk to their kids about sex. And I have had to relive Oh. Those awkward moments over and over again. So my dad's book is great and I highly recommend it. I just don't want to talk about it today because it brings <laughs> up all of those other memories. I have funny stories about it myself. So I chose another author um, for two big reasons. First and foremost, Laura and I have read uh, the first two books in the series to our kids and they are fantastic. 
That's the truth. Great. I don't. I don't put junk on the radio. I don't put junk online. I put junk on the podcast. I, if it doesn't work, we won't have it here. And if the broadcast stinks, we don't air it. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. This stuff has worked with us because that's you. So much anxiety talking to your kids about sex. Yeah. Has there ever been a great story about? Oh, my parents were like one day they're like, oh, we're gonna talk to you about sex, and I was like, awesome, and then we bonded, <laughs> and it was so never, no, never. My dad like breached the subject with me and my response was he goes you got real quiet you didn't look over at me at all we're fishing of course could that be any more white bread so norman rockwell like sitting there fishing and my response was what if i don't want to know and he was like okay not ready that's it i was like So funny, but we've read these books. They seriously, seriously work. Here's the other reason. I know this man personally. Jim Burns is a good friend of mine. I worked for him for three years. I worked closely with him. I set up his home studio. I did all the IT work for him. I know his wife. I know his kids. Um, I have been around him so much. He impacted my life. He invested in me. Mm. He did. He invested in me. I went to work for Jim Burns. Uh, because someone thought I'd be good at youth ministry and I'd never done it before. He got me at Saddleback working with Rick Warren and Doug Fields uh, and put me under an assumed name so it wouldn't be too much pressure. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's that smart. He is the best. Uh, And I tell all kinds of stories about how I met him. He performed uh, the wedding for Laura and I. He got me uh, my counselor when I went through my divorce. Mm. I will never be able to repay the debt of gratitude I owe Jim and Kathy Burns ever. Uh, And I got to have him on the broadcast. It's so great. He's the best. He is just the best. And if you have got trouble talking to your kids about sex, uh, today's broadcast is for you. Yeah. And you know what? Our sponsor this week will help with it too. That's right. Producer K with a sponsor. (laughs) We do. We got a sponsor today. Our sponsor is Circle. Circle is an amazing device. It goes between your internet router uh, and uh, your cable provider, your internet provider, whether it's cable or whatever that is. It goes between your cable provider and your router. It does not throttle the speed down. People always want to know about that. I am super crazy Mm -hmm. about high-speed internet. I am so OCD with that. doesn't throttle it down. Circle currently is the best pornography filtering device I have come across. Mm -hmm. I have used, I'm not going to throw them under the bus. I've used others in the past. Mm -hmm. I have issues. We are in communication. (laughs) Um, If I don't feel it's resolved, I might talk about it on the air. That's okay. I don't mind. (laughs) Um, I just don't want you to buy something that's not going to work for you. Mm -hmm. Circle has worked for me. I installed it. I only installed it on my phone first just to see if it would work or not. Mm -hmm. Um, You can set bedtimes where it'll shut your internet off. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, You can set time limits on apps. Like if your kid is crazy for Snapchat or crazy for Facebook or crazy for YouTube, and you're like, listen, an hour a day is enough or whatever it is, 15 minutes, I don't know, be strict, do whatever you want to do. Whatever that is, set the time limit because then it's not you enforcing the rules. I hate being the jailer. I hate being the enforcer, right? right? Mm -hmm. Jordan Peterson has a great piece of advice. The fewest rules that keep the peace in the house will allow you to parent better because there's not so much room for interpretation. If you have a rule about every single thing, you're probably going to disagree with your spouse on that kind of goes off circle just says, Hey, family rules. You can get X number of minutes on whatever, you know, it's Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, blah. I mean, Mm -hmm. all those things. And then just shuts off. Um, I was up one night, I was reading an article and there was something in the article, I, I knew I was missing a piece of information mm-hmm. and it was about a person and I highlighted that person's name and I, and I, I put it in, uh, in a search engine and I put video after because they're talking about a video mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I was on my phone. Um, I, remember where I, I, all, I remember everything about this and uh, I searched it and then um, the page came up white and uh, Circle had something like, uh, I forget what it says, like, you are looking at, you are trying to access a restricted site or something. And I was like, oh. what? No, I'm not. How dumb. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for an article about this video about this person. Oh. Oh. And then it's like that puzzle piece clicks and everything becomes clear. I was like, oh, this whole article is about porn. That's a porn. She did. And uh, yeah. 
it's not that I don't know porn exists. Right. I just didn't know I was reading about it. And I was like, oh, I didn't look at porn because right. Circle saw what was going on and stopped it. Yeah. And so that's great. It just, oh my goodness. You know what? We've got regular listeners. I love this couple. They are so supportive. They're so encouraging. They, they're just encouragers. I like them. They email me. They tell me what's going on. Uh, they have this now because when they first heard me talk about it, they didn't get it. Mm. And one of their children accidentally stumbled upon porn. Mm. We get those, okay. So, we, we get those emails and calls all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time we get them. Yeah. Will, it, will your children probably see porn at some point? Uh, probably. It's mm -hmm. just so out there. The longer you can keep that from happening, the better. The longer you can keep it from happening, the better. Circle will help you do that. You can find it on Facebook, facebook.com slash RoboParenting. We'll pin it at the top. Uh, all of our Facebook pages, we will pin uh, the code. Um, if you buy Circle with our code, it helps Rebel. It helps us do these broadcasts. It helps us continue the ministry that we do. Um, so, uh, yeah. Go to uh, facebook.com slash rebelparenting for the affiliate code. And if you uh, sign up for the newsletter by texting the word rebel to 444-999. Again, text the word rebel to 444-999. Uh, I will include the code in our newsletter. I'll do a big thing there. So you just click on the code, get circle. It's really easy to set up. You can do it with your phone. Um, man. It's good it, stuff. It, it is. Here's, I'll tell you what it does for your teenagers. Here's what it does for your teenagers. It allows them to be honest with you. It allows you to be honest with them. Like, hey, how long are we on Facebook? Oh, in like 10 minutes. Really? Oh, like 25. Oh, okay, cool. Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. facts are facts. Right. It can be, and, and you can do it for phones, tablets, Kindles. Um, there's all kinds of things that it hooks up to. It is, is Alexa? Super, super good. Yeah. What's I mean, that? I don't know what you would do on Alexa, but. I don't think it, yeah, I don't think it has Alexa on it. Okay. Although I'm such a huge Alexa fan. <laughs> it's great though. So again, go to facebook.com slash rebelparenting or text the word rebel to 444-999. I'll send you the code and you can get circle, which will help protect your family from porn. Let's jump into the broadcast. Today we're going to talk about Jim Burns. He has three books talking about how to teach your kids about sex. Here's the funny thing. So this is his book. Teaching Your Children Healthy Sexuality. When I saw this cover, I immediately thought of Paul Tripp's book, Parenting, because I wish we could just retitle everybody that comes on here. Most of them, right? Not all of right. them. Yeah. Like Parenting by Paul Tripp, that book should be called, hey, this one really works. <laughs> like not parenting. That's a fun 14 idea. gospel principles that will radically transform your family. Like right. I get it, Paul. You are the man. That changed me. The title's terrible. Yeah. Who's picking up that book? Not me. You sent it to me. And that's why I had to tell the whole world about it. Again, Jim Burns has this book. And this is what publishers do. I get it. I'm not going to say who your publisher is. Teaching your children healthy sexuality. This book should be called How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex. That's all it should be called. How to Talk to Your Kids About Sex. Uh, how to not have as awkward a conversation with your kids about sex. That's all this <laughs> is. That's great. The other two, which are for younger kids amazing yeah. how god made babies is the first one. Oh my gracious so good and god made your body they are the best so without any further ado let's jump into jim burns teaching your children healthy sexuality on today's edition of rebel parenting Jim, thank you so much for coming on Rebel Parenting today. It is such an honor to have you on this broadcast. Well, it's totally a joy. I, I still remember the day when you guys got married and I was thinking to myself, wow, did Ryan ever marry above himself? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's thank right. Thank you. Absolutely. absolutely. I'm going to get to that. I, You know, it's important. You've done so much. I worked for you. I've worked with you. You've done our marriage and you've done a ton of things. So I want to read a little bit from your bio and then I'm going to give my personal Jim Burns bio. Uh -oh. So <laughs> the good one. Jim Burns founded the ministry of Homeward in 1985 with the goal of bringing help and hope to struggling families. As host of the nationally radio broadcast Homeward with Jim Burns, Jim's passion is to build God-honoring families through communicating practical truths that will enable adults and young people alike to live out their Christian faith. 
In addition to the radio program, Jim speaks to thousands around the world every year through seminars and conferences. He is also Senior Director of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University and an award-winning author, whose books include Creating an Intimate Marriage, Teaching Your Children Healthy Sexuality, and Confident Parenting. He's been featured through numerous media outlets, including CNN, ABC, Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk, and Liberty Journal. Jim and his wife, Kathy, have three grown daughters and live in Southern California. His website is homeward.com. That's a good bio, Jim. You've done some serious things. Well, you know, my kids didn't think that was so impressive. They, I'm just dad, and now I have two grandchildren, oh. and I'm Papa Jay. So Papa Jay. nice, I well, love I'll it. I'll just tell you right now that nothing about the bio is important when you have, uh, you know, just even at Easter, my yeah. little Papa, my little uh, grandson coming up to me and saying, "Papa Jay, Papa Jay," you know, it's wonderful. Oh, so. It's the best. It is the it best. Is. I met Jim Burns. I was working in Washington, D.C. at the Family Research Council in politics, wishing I was in ministry. One of the vice presidents saw that I was struggling and called me to his office one day and met with me. And in the middle of this conversation, I start realizing, I think I'm being fired. And I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going to go or what job I'm going to do. And all of a sudden he says, you know, Ryan, we all think you should be in ministry. And I know someone that might want to hire you. And he set up a job interview for me with Jim Burns. And I flew, uh, not to California where Jim is from. I flew to Arizona and I met a stranger at an airport who drove me across the border into Mexico to a bull ring where thousands and thousands of children had gathered on mission trips and Jim Burns was the head speaker. And I spent three or four days in an RV following Jim around. I flew back to California. I interviewed um, and I interviewed with the rest of his staff and I was going to go to dinner with him one night. We stopped by his house and one of his three amazing, talented beautiful daughters, uh, wanted to do something that I think she knew she couldn't do and decided to ask in front of a new guest because that gives you leverage. And I witnessed a parenting ninja at work. <laughs> I, the deflection and the calmness and the zen, like it, I looked at that situation and I was like, oh, this is, we have a master at work here. And then we went to dinner and it was amazing. And I thought, I really, I really would like to work for this man. This is fantastic. And something happened at the end of that meal that sealed the deal for me. We're all sitting around talking. <clears throat> I think two daughters were there and he had a daughter that was right at the junior high age, which can be very awkward for parents and kids. Um, there's lots of tension, there's hormones, all kinds of things that can make those situations tense or awkward and as we were chatting after dinner this little girl got up came over sat down on her daddy's lap and leaned back and he kind of moved his head over to one side and she leaned her head back on his shoulder on the other he never broke conversation never broke sentence and what that said to me was this happens all the time there wasn't a disruption. It wasn't a, what are you doing? It wasn't a looking at me like, sorry, she's interrupting. There was nothing going on except I've done this a million times in front of strangers because this is the relationship I had. Right then and there, I said, I am definitely working for this man. I got to figure out how you did that. Every day since that I've known Jim Burns has furthered that fact. This is a great man and a person to listen to. Wow. Well, that is so nice of you, but yet that same daughter, who, by the way, is now a clinical psychologist. Woo! Uh, but uh, I remember when she was 17, she said, Dad, all of my friends think you are the coolest dad. And, of course, I was wildly impressed. And then I made the big mistake of saying, what do you, so, Becca, do you yeah. think I'm a cool dad? No, you won't let me do this. You won't let me mm -hmm. do that. So, you know, I appreciate the comments, but I don't think at 17 she was thinking I was dad of the year. Nope, I she bet. wasn't, but I certainly was. And I have, you know— that's why we chose Jim did our wedding and it's been so great. We're going to review a book today that every single parent needs. I know, you know, people say things like that all the time. We have this not just on our regular resource list, but our crisis one because it is so good. We're going to just review 
there's a bunch of titles and we've read all of them. Yeah, my children have read most of them multiple, Uh-oh. multiple, yeah. multiple times. How God Makes Babies, God Made Your Body, and uh, Teaching Your Children Healthy Sexuality. We live in a crazy time and there's so many questions out there and parents feel so awkward and unprepared and what do we do? And I'm telling you, this has taken away all the pressure out of our parenting with talking about sexuality with our children. And that's why we had to have you on. So just thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And Jim, uh, for all the other moms listening out there, all the rebel moms, I was able to start very early with Lincoln. I started reading your book to him at, at age two. God made your body. And he's heard it at least 40 times, yeah. you know? And then I got to start with Lucy. And so I love that they were age appropriate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then you can just move to the next level when they're six, how God made babies. So I just wanted to thank you for that resource, Jim. Mm-hmm. Well, that's neat. I, I appreciate that. And people do tell me some funny stories about that. But you know, the truth <laughs> is once we talk at an early age about your God made your body, I mean, is that about sexuality? Sure it is, but it's not like the heavy duty details. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do that two or three or five or, you know, eight-year-old right but you know what happens is is then they begin to feel comfortable and they'll have dialogue you don't want to have the one talk you want to have dialogue and Mm -hmm. you know it still can be awkward i mean my kids said that that it was awkward oh yeah and it was for me of course it's of course it's going to be awkward it's an adult talking to a child about sex that's super awkward if you can have it more often it becomes less and less awkward in fact my class i'm not going to give the name because i don't want to embarrass the son or my friend i was hanging out with a friend of mine and her son is a freshman in high school and all of his friends are talking about masturbation and he was like listen i'm just going to go home and ask my mom and i was like wait he said that to a group of high school kids she's like oh yeah totally i go what did he do she goes he came home and was like hey mom all my friends are talking about masturbation i don't know what that is what is it and I thought that's that's exactly awesome. it's exactly what you want yeah. from a parent. Like that's yeah. a yeah. full parenting win. What what do you find is the biggest struggle for parents when they talk to kids about sexuality in this era? It's so different today. Talk about how different it is, and then what is that big struggle today, Jim? Yeah. Well, you know what, Ryan and Laura. I mean, the truth is, I just did I just did a a seminar on this mm. recently. Mm. 400 people in the room. And I said, how many of you received good, positive, healthy sex education from your parents growing up? And four people raised their hand. Uh. So the, uh, the hard part is, is that because parents didn't have good role models, they don't know what to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. the world has changed in terms of the, the crisis yeah. that's going on. You know, the fact is, is that, you know, we, we know we need to have a conversation. We just don't know what to say. So a lot of times we, we delay it, delay it, delay it, mm-hmm. or we don't have that conversation. We hope and pray that the church youth pastor does a good job or the children's ministry person at fifth grade, yeah. you know, has it. When, when in fact, all studies show that the more positive value centered sex education kids receive from home, the less promiscuous they'll be. Mm-hmm. It's true. Huh. And here's the truth. No matter how great your youth pastor is, no matter how great your Christian school teacher is, it's not not their job. It's not their job. It's not their job. It's not their job. You have to, as a parent, you have to make that a priority. It's your job, Rebel. Mm -hmm. So Jim, um, I'd just like to ask you as like a mom, where would I start? Where where yeah. where would be my first go to? Like I haven't done much of anything. Yeah, we have so many of our of our listeners. Eighty two percent of our listeners have been married over a decade with kids in the home between the ages of two and eighteen. So we've got the whole gamut. So let's talk early age, and then if you haven't, if you've got preteen or teens, and you're like, I've not done anything. What do I do? Yeah. Well, you start when you can. And now, again, right after this uh, podcast, you don't sit your kid down and say, okay, we're going to talk about everything. But I think you, but, <laughs> but what you're saying is, you know, there are two, two things on that. One is it does come in phases. And so the, the two, three to five say you're going to teach them things like God made your body. You're going to teach them the, the, the correct parts of their, their private parts. You know, we've got kids who call their private parts their wing-a-ding-ding at age 11 because their parents never told them, yeah. you know, what those parts were. Yeah, yeah. And and so, again, that's very comfortable. I mean, you know, God made your eyes and some he made brown and some he made green and some he made blue. And what you're doing is you're actually having that that sexuality conversation. And notice that I'm saying God made your you know, we always make God the bad uh, person when it comes to sex. God actually created sex in a beautiful way. God is pro sex. Mm -hmm. Sure. So so that's the conversation you have at that age about six to nine. 
you know, kids start asking a million questions. So you, you, you answer their questions, but you answer it in the appropriate age development stage, like six to nine. And so, you know, you'll go a little bit farther. And, um, and even in terms of issues like, for example, 80% of child sexual assaults are between uh, w- with kids who are six to nine or with someone that they know, uh-huh. oftentimes love and trust. So that ha- so you have the conversation without scaring them that, you know, nobody has the right to touch your body um, in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable. And if they do or if they want to, then you can tell mommy or daddy and we would never get mad at you. Yeah. So, right. Are those so, statistics really still high, that high? Yeah. Yeah. It's still the 80 percent. Um, what happens is the statistic that's so high is that it's between someone they, which always shocks us, is it someone that they know, and and again, oftentimes love and trust. So I I have often said that it's you know you don't want to send your kids out to the park at age six to right. you know play by themselves, but it's almost safer there than it is, you know, in a in a home or with the babysitters or yep. somebody. And, and, you know, mm-hmm. it, and yet we can't be so freaked out. What we need to do is have that conversation right. because right. a lot of kids then. They're not empowered. They don't know what to do. They sure. don't know how to handle those things. And so when 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 parents make it more part of the conversation, but then by the time they get to be 10, 11, um, that's when you begin to talk about sexual systems. You talk mm-hmm. about um, sexual integrity, sexual purity. Um, you know, that's where you give them the full money because, hey, uh, frankly, because the average kid sees pornography at age 11. Yes. See, okay, I want to get to that. First, though, when you're talking about age six to nine, are you saying 80 yeah. percent of children who are no. abused, oh, it's yeah. by someone they know. Or are you saying yes. 80% of children six to nine are abused? No, okay. oh, absolutely. It's only 80% of the pe- people who are abused. It's by it's someone they know, they, okay. No, by far, that's not the age. Now, okay. again, the latest statistic is showing that it's about one out of three young women by the time they're 19, one out of five, one out of six young men. So that world has changed. You ask about changing in terms right. of the culture. That's changed from when I was a, uh, a youth pastor you know, a long time. We had me and his teenager. Yeah. But it was, still, used to be one, one and six, I thought. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's really that part yeah. has changed. Okay. And, and yet still it, it's not a, you know, it's not a, at all a, 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 a big number with six to nine, but it can be stopped. That's, you that's know, where right. it can be stopped. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's the reason why this book is in our crisis one is uh, if it does happen, there is a chapter and a section in here. Uh, what do you do if your child tells you that? And we'll get to that in just a moment. But let's jump in, you know, around 11, because this is the big one too. And this one we cannot stress enough. We cannot stress enough. It's pornography. Jim, we were talking about it the other day. We, we have a device in our household called Circle. Um, it goes between the internet and your router. It monitors apps, Facebook, Snapchat, you know, things like that. It's one of the things we use in our home. I was talking about it the other day, 20 minutes after I stopped talking about it on a live video, one of my regular listeners emailed and said, my husband and I are dying right now. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are living in this shame and guilt because they've heard me talk about it. They have talked with each other about doing something and their daughter just came to them and has been looking at pornography and you you can't go back at that point. Yes, there are things you can do and they are and it's and and there are you just if you can avoid it, you should avoid it. If you can avoid it, you should avoid it. If there's anything you can do to avoid it, you should avoid it. Please, Jim, tell parents from someone that's been in this business for so long that's talked to hundreds and thousands and thousands of parents how important it is to protect your kids from pornography. Yeah, no, you know, pornography as you know, Ryan, could be the thing that could take this generation down if we're not careful. And yet the truth is, is that parents today can't assume that their kids are not going to see pornography. Again, I said the, you know, it's the death of innocence. It's the moral free fall. Mm -hmm. You know, age 11 is when they're going to see pornography. So what we have to do is do exactly what you guys are talking about. I think we, we set up, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, web filters, we have accountability tools. At the same time, Mm -hmm. we also have to, if our kids, and almost if and when our kids do view it, it's oftentimes innocent. It was a pop-up. They saw something weird. But then we have to teach, this is the chance for us to teach them healthy sexuality. It's not this, but it's this. It's not that, you know, pornography. Right. It's this. Right. And so it isn't, it even becomes an opportunity for us to teach them about something that's much more healthy. Um, and so the other thing that happens with parents is I tell parents this all the time. You know, you, you can't just totally freak out. You're going to yeah. have to be able to, to love on your kids, show some grace, yes. and then, you know, take care of whatever the problem is. 
Um, and and for sure, I, some great. I mean, what you said it's 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 more than likely a win, not an if. It it just is. Right. That's the statistics. And so, one with parents, let's say it's when your child comes to you and says, yeah. "I've been looking at pornography," or you find out, or you stumble upon it, whatever that is. Yes, you can't freak out because, first of all, it's not their fault. Well, and I was wondering too, Jim, how you kind of started this conversation was that lots of our generation are not healthy ourselves. So you might be dealing with the husband or the mom watching porn themselves right. in mm-hmm. lots, of, lots of these situations with the, it, it's so corrupt in our culture. So, no, so you got right. double, double whammies going yeah. on. Well, That's right. you do. And sometimes you have somebody with a past history, but they're not doing that now. And yeah. I think with yeah. the people, a lot of times mm. people will say to me, you know, we've had, this was our past. It's not us right now. So what are, do we still have the, okay to talk to our kids about it. Absolutely. Hey, I have a, one of the reasons why I have a passion about mm. this, you say, is because I struggled in this area and, you know, I now I'm now clean and I'm, you know, trying to help you uh, also stay clean. At the same time, if they have a if they still are struggling, they may d- need to get some help before they can ever expect their kids to get help. And I found frankly in a positive way, I found a lot of especially dads, but some moms too, who have actually went and got help because they all of a sudden got fearful for their kids. They went, wow, my yep. kids are in this, then I, I need to go get some help. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And help is, is, is out there for them. Yeah. But we yeah. can't assume that, uh, you're right, we can't assume that, you know, just because our kid goes to a Christian school or, you know, is homeschooled or, um, you know, is, is, you know, a church or whatever, that they're not going to view pornography. And so it, you know, becomes a, a major part for us to Part of the sex education training today is, you know, helping them understand some of the very difficult things of of pornography and even, you know, porn addiction. I'm finding that at about age 11 or 12, you make sure that you teach your kids about porn addiction and and porn addiction, you know, would be that you view it, uh, you become addicted, it escalates, it gets desensitized, and then you begin to act it out, at least in your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking earlier about the M word, Ryan, uh, masturbation. And uh, I remember the first book I ever wrote on on sexuality was in 1984. That dates me how old I am. And fascinating enough, they wouldn't use that word. They, I was writing on it, and they wouldn't. It was a Christian publisher, and they wouldn't let me put the word in. What, what word did you have to use? Um, they, uh, we called it sexual stimulation, oh, okay. which totally is confusing. I mean, I, it is sexual stimulation, <laughs> yeah, I get it. but they, they wouldn't even say like personal sexual, right. They wouldn't even say, yeah. which, and again, uh, you've dealt with this the entire time in your career, Jim, that's the crazy thing about business at, and Christianity mixing this business of Christianity where you, uh, you Christian publishers, like you can't say masturbation, like, well, but it's out there. It, it, yeah. It's out there. What do you mean you can't talk about? It? Yeah, we can't talk about it. Well, then we're not doing well, the our jobs. Too. That that was in the 1980s. The culture now is willing to have us have these conversations because uh, we have so many more. sad stories. A little. That's my. I, I. You know, there was a season where only public schools would allow me to come in and speak. I know. Oh yeah. So crazy. Today, which is crazy, but they go, we get it. So yeah. then, and they would let me speak even from a you know from a moral standpoint. I wasn't changing my morals and values or my right. scriptural principles. And they wouldn't let me speak about Jesus. I and I understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the point being is that today, um, the we Homeward is large provider of parenting seminars in the U.S. And our most often requested seminar is teaching your children healthy sexuality in churches today. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So Jim, I want to go through two scenarios. Let's talk to the parents out there. Uh, a son or daughter comes to them and says, or they find out their son or daughter is looking at pornography. I had a, a ministry leader come to me. His son was at school at lunch, and at the end of his lunch table, a bunch of boys were gathered around a cell phone. He saw porn for the first time. Uh, the dad travels. It was two weeks before he got back, comes home to this. Now my son's been looking at pornography for the last two weeks. What do we do in this family? They call you and you say, here's what we do. Yeah. Well, I think, um, first of all, they are going to be more freaked out probably than the kid is because, again, we're as adults. We know what can happen. The kid doesn't necessarily know what's going on Mm -hmm. taking place in his mind, heart, you know, all those things. So, you know, scream into the pillow (laughs) and then be as calm as you can with the kid and say, hey, you know what? We noticed that this is a situation and we want to talk about it. And again, don't expect them to go, oh, great. I'm really glad we're going to have this conversation. Oh, yeah. You know, expect them to be defensive, yeah. maybe even to lie, to feel shame, all that. Even even though 
maybe they haven't even been talked about. They still feel shame. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. So you say, well, you know what? This is I would I would not make it a, a federal case the first time. I would say, you know, we have deep concern because of what where this could go. And so this is a good uh, opportunity for us to start talking to you about what healthy sexuality looks like and what unhealthy sexuality looks like. And so I think it it provides the stepping stone for you to have the conversation that you probably needed to have a long time ago anyway. Definitely, definitely. And then you start teaching them about sexual integrity, purity code. Uh, uh, you know what what does pornography do? It teaches you to look at the opposite sex, or actually even sometimes same sex, mm-hmm. as a sex object, as opposed to a gift of God. So I want you know my kids to look at. You know, I have all three daughters, like you mentioned, but I, I want them to look at guys not as a sex object, but as literally as more of a, a gift from God, as a brother in Christ, radically respect them. But it's the same with, you, you know, you teach kids your kid's age the same kind of stuff. So uh, you get a better shot at it if you if you just totally freak out and you, you know, you, you do all these hor- say all these things out of emotion. You know, they're not going to you know come to you and talk to you. That's true. However, mm-hmm. you this is if you don't have filter if you don't have accountability tools which are now available today that's when you say wow we need to do this but i always say to parents do it ahead of time do it before you get this thing. right yes right. start at age like two um, yeah, I mean, but, but do you think just, parents should you know, seek like say say in your last scenario the parents are freaking out like oh my goodness this is the worst thing that's ever happened to our family um do you think they should seek a third party in there to maybe calm it down a little bit to help navigate some of the conversation yeah, especially for them laura because again you don't want to it's just even more you're piling on more shame for the child right. especially if it's a child so i think sometimes you get you know get the advice of somebody else you know the bible is very clear where there is no counsel the people fall in the multitude of counselors there is safety yeah. so you know counsel sure there's you know like my daughter she's a clinical psychologist she you know gets paid for doing this but at the same time sometimes it's a it's a parent who's already been through it it's uh the youth pastor it's a children's pastor it's uh, you know, going on a website and getting some great insight. It's reading a book, you know, whatever. Right. But, you know, we do need the counsel. I don't think the first, you know, offense, quote unquote, I, I'm putting my fingers in quotes here, is when you bring in a third party to kind of do a major assessment for your own child. I, because honestly, it's uh, it's more normal than we than we think. I'm right. not saying it's right. good. I'm saying they've had the experience. So we don't want to shame them any more than they already feel yeah. shame. Yeah. That's the thing too. With parents, gonna, that's, yeah. that's right. That's right. You want them to come to you. You want, you want to be the parent where when your freshman in high school boys with his friends talking about masturbation, he's like, I'm going to talk to my mom. That's what I'm going to go do. That's what you want that's as it. a parent. And if you're freaking out, and here's the thing, there's so many parents right now, Jim, that are like, but that's what I've done in the past. I've totally freaked out in the past. Or I yeah. struggle with my own shame. I've been abused myself yeah. or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You list it. You can yeah. name it. Yeah. Well, you know, somebody once said to me, I was speaking to kids, funny, at the Blaisdell Arena in Honolulu, about 8,000 kids <laughs> on, on a book I spoke called The Purity Code. Yeah. And someone said, Jim, untended fires soon become nothing but a pile of ashes. And it was really prophetic for me because what I realized is in my own life, whether it be my spiritual life, my relationship with Kathy, my relationship with my girls, my own sexuality, I have to tend the fire within my own soul. So to those parents who freaked out, so welcome to the club. There isn't a parent in the world who has not freaked out about something. That's right. So, but at the same time, Part of that freak out is because we we know stuff that our kids don't understand in terms of where it could go. Yeah. So it's kind of horrible. So I think we have to be a little soft on ourselves. At the same time, if as a parent, we're freaking out because we haven't dealt with our own sexual abuse, we haven't dealt with our own you know pornography issues, then, then for goodness sakes, this is when we can go get some help. This mm. is the opportunity. That's right. Yeah. It is. And, you know, it is. And, you know, just like it's shameful for our kids we're talking about, it's also more shameful for adults who really want their kids to, you know, not go that direction. So but you do it anyway. Yeah. And I I think nowadays I see it. I see so many people struggling with the problems. The problem isn't necessarily the issue for me. Now, the issue is people not going and getting the help that they need. Like I know for me in my life, I have to go out and get the help that I need in order to be a great parent and a good Mm -hmm. wife. Well, you're you're right, Laura. I mean, we have this mentality in America for some reason that if we went and talked to somebody, that was like a lousy thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, Ryan, there, uh, I know you know a person who's a counselor uh, here in, in this area, and I just did her funeral, actually. Oh. Well, there were 
there were thousands. I mean, there were over a thousand people there yep. and they all, st- the, the amount of people I said to them, I did the funeral. I said, how many of you were somehow touched by this wonderful woman? Her name is Betty. How many of you were, were wonderfully touched by her yep. in, in, in a way, mm. um, you know, by changed. And you know what? I didn't see any hands, not up. Of course. Well, how cool was it that somebody swallowed hard, went and met with this lovely woman who was a counselor um, and who, you know, she, she affected people's lives. Well, how beautiful is that? That all these people would raise their hand. Now these are great people, but you know, there was a time when they needed a a helping hand. Definitely. Exactly. Jim, I love, not only I love that you give this advice, but you practice it too. We were at your house one time. I don't remember if this is before I went to work for you or while I was working. I think it was while because I was setting up one of those gumdrop iMacs for you at your home office. I can remember this. <laughs> I remember that. And we were in your office because you converted half your garage into an office. Uh, Still there. And <laughs> you turned to me and you said, you know, Ryan, some marriages just naturally work well together. And I was like, hmm, yeah, that's awesome. That's really neat. And you go, yeah, uh, mine and Kathy's is not one of those marriages. Right. And I, I was so, I, was, I just didn't know what to say. I was like, what? Uh, uh, I, I'm sure I laughed nervously. I didn't know what to say. I remember thinking a ministry leader doesn't get along with his wife very well. What do you, what do you say? Like all these things. <laughs> and you said, and because of that, at least once a year, Kathy and I, do something specifically to focus on our marriage. We'll go to a conference. We'll go to an intensive counseling. Uh, we'll read a book together. We do something to remind each other how important we both believe marriage is. I was flabbergasted. And that's Laura and I have done that every, we've been married. This will be our 13th 13 year. years, Jim. Every single Yeah. 13. Every single year we do something because of that. Every because you yeah. and, and the here's longer you, we've been married, we're starting to do things two or three times that's right. a year. <laughs> because it's the investment. If you believe in oil changes for your vehicle, then you believe in counseling for your marriage or anything else like that. Well, you talk about vehicles, and of course, you know a lot more about high maintenance uh, vehicles than I do because I drive a Mini Cooper, um, and you know, I mean, you're a, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you do motorcycles, oh, yeah. all these kind of fancy. But the truth is, is high maintenance vehicles take more energy. Mm. Yeah. Well, a high maintenance marriage. Kathy and I, you know, have often said we have a high maintenance marriage. Uh, well, that just takes more energy. It doesn't mean it. it's a bad marriage. It just simply means we got to work we on it harder marriage, because, yeah. you know, it's just not a low maintenance thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, though, Jim, here's what it did for me. It gave me freedom. Because yes, here you sure are, did. you are, you are, because at the time, yes, president of Homeward, National Institute of Youth Ministry, I've seen you speak in front of thousands, all these things. And as a leader, you said, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. And because I preach that marriage is important, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure I'm doing what it takes yeah. to make mine strong. And Jim, yeah. are you teaching us that, you know, Ryan and I, Um, luckily we're still in ministry and he gets to um, Mm -hmm. marry people all the time. And anytime we're in front of a crowd, that is one of the first things we always say, Mm -hmm. do one thing a year for your marriage. And it's like, it's neat because anyone in our community, like you come to Colorado Springs and, and ask anyone that hangs out with us, they will know that that's what the Dobsons will tell you to do. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and that, that is so neat, you guys. And, and again, that's, you know, when you say one thing, see, if you said do something, you know, every other day for, you know, two hours, that sounds great, but it ain't going to happen. Right, right. So, you, know, you can do one thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I told somebody recently who's a very successful businessman hurting on his marriage. And I said, hey, have you ever read a book on marriage? And he said, well, no. And I said, well, you know, which is more important, your business or your or your marriage? And he goes, well, my marriage. I said, well, then why don't you read at least one book? You don't have to read mine, uh, for goodness sakes. Yeah. But but read a book mm-hmm. on marriage together. And he said, you mean together? I said, yeah. So you're driving someplace and have your wife because she'll probably do it better than you are. I know this guy. Well, <laughs> I go, let it let her read a chapter um, and you guys just talk about yeah. it. So. It's super important. It really, really is. It's the investment. It really, it's the investment to say this is important. It's telling your spouse it's important. And that trickles down with your kids. You know, if you want yes. your kids to be good at money, get great with money with you and your spouse. If you want your kids to be good communicators, learn to communicate with your spouse. If you want them to have a good marriage, work on your marriage. Yeah. Jim, you know, in the news, there's so much going on with Harvey Weinstein and the hashtag Me Too, uh, with all of that. It's not just with our children. 
but it's with all these generations. It's it's in the forefront. What do we do when our kids or a friend of our children's comes to us and says, let me give you two scenarios. Uh, one, they've been abused. And then what do you say to the parent whose child or a friend of a child comes to them and says they were abused who also has a past of abuse because it's a different scenario in both situations. Right. Well, it is different. You're right. And, uh, and you would handle each one a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, is if somebody has come to you, whether it be your own children or somebody else, I think you first believe them. A lot of times uh, we are going to say, well, we've even seen this with Me Too movement. You know, well, you know, it, it's probably not true. Well, right. Well, right. You, you believe them. So, you know, and, and then the truth is, is that you can't handle it on your own. A lot of parents, again, maybe because of their own shame factor, they don't they want to try to handle it alone mm. or try to cover it up. And I'll just be honest with you. Christians are known. I have a good friend in Colorado where you guys live who works with abused kids and says that, you know, they see the church as a place that sometimes hides this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, so you believe them, but you also, you know, go and get help. But, you know, I, I give parents um, and even people who work with kids, uh, you know, four real quick issues. I just simply say when you when this kid uh, comes to you, somehow they need to convey, you need to convey to them that it's not their fault. See, they think it's the fault. Mm, right. Times of, right. They maybe right. I'm nine years old and I flirted with my, my you know, grandpa. uncle. Yeah. But, yeah, no, terrible. So, you know, it's not your fault. It's always the fault of the abuser. Don't suffer. Uh, you know, don't suffer in silence. They want to suffer in silence. But what you've got to be able to convince them is that there is help. Now, that's really hard because a lot of kids, because they've been abused, have been told that if you do anything, I'm going to. Yep tell yep. you or whatever, right. their own shame mm-hmm. factor. Yeah. But somehow, I, you know what I say to kids publicly, not, well, sometimes individually I've said it, but I just say, you know what, if I, if I had cancer um, and I was dying of this cancer and you were my mm. friend, you would I hope convince me to go get some help. And then the other thing is you've got to convey hope. Yes, there are thousands, millions of people who've been abused, but for the ones who've gotten the help, there is hope. Do they still have scars? I love that our pastor spoke on Sunday and he said, the scars remain, but the wounds can be healed. And I loved that yeah. uh, concept oh, that he said. And then lastly, I want to convey to kids that God cares. And, you know, because a lot of times, and especially the young women, if it was, if they were abused by a man, then, you know, their image of Heavenly Father is just all warped. It's distorted so, pretty quickly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So what happens is, is how do I convey that God cares? Well, I remember sitting with a 15-year-old girl in Napa, Idaho, right by Boise one time, and she was telling me her story, and I was going to have to report it because it's, I'm a, a mandated to report. And she was so having so much trouble with God, and I, it wasn't the time for me to, uh, you know, heavy, do heavy-duty, you know, counseling with her. I just, mm-hmm. I just, I said, one thing, I started to cry when she told me what her yeah. stepfather and I was, and that moved her, I guess. And then I said, I said, you know, the shortest uh, verse in the Bible says, God, uh, Jesus wept. And I said, Jesus wept at the death, death of a friend. And I want to tell you that if Jesus wept at the death of a friend, you're his friend and he weeps for mm-hmm. you. And I'm sorry that you've had to go through this. But what I was trying to do was, was move her from, you know, God being some kind of horrible, horrible ogre to someone who is loving and caring um, and weeping yeah. for her pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then that's a process, away. I think too, right? I yeah. mean, I've worked with many women over the years and I think just getting them to realize that God is good, mm-hmm. especially oh, exactly. when they've been abused is can take well, Laura, a couple years. <laughs> yeah. Laura, that's what I was just going to say. That's the important issue is to know that, I mean, does God heal instantaneously? Absolutely. You guys believe it. You've experienced yes, it. And I believe that. But you know what? Most of the time in cases like this, the healing is a process. You know, uh, I just saw a quote that said, "Good thing se- uh, Easter is a season because some miracles take time." Yes, and I love oh, that. I love that. It's true. Oh. Jim, thank you so much. What a great broadcast. It's so full of good information. We love your ministry. We love what you're doing. We just appreciate it so much. Well, great to be with you, and I love you guys, and I'm so excited about all that you're doing and uh, and who you are as people who are making a stand for Christ and being that uh, rebel parent um, role model for so many people who really don't have role models, so thank you. 
Hey Rebels, our thanks to Jim Burns. Man, Kay, wasn't that a good broadcast? So good, so wise. Oh, he's so down to earth, right. you know? Like I didn't feel anxious afterwards. I didn't feel guilty. Right. Like that's one of the big keys. I don't want to feel guilty or shameful mm-hmm. for what I haven't done. I just want to feel hopeful for what I can do for the future. Right. And Jim Burns, my goodness. Teaching your children healthy sexuality or what I call how to talk to your kids about sex. Um, oh yeah, two other books. Yes, there are two other books that go along with it. So zero to three, how God made babies and like four to eight ish. I didn't look at the thing. Uh, we have both of them. God made your body. Absolutely. Phenomenal. They are. If, <laughs> if you have trouble talking to your kids about sex, this is the series for you. Um, speaking of that, our sponsor circle. Thank yeah, you. Kristen's, p- per- Kristen's going like this. <laughs> Talk about circle. <laughs> our sponsor circle. Help filter the porn out of your life doesn't throttle your internet speeds down. It takes the regulations with your kid's phone, tablet, wherever they go. Um, So it it just helps protect them. It just helps protect them. It's so important. I've got it. I use it. Producer Kay and Joshua have it. A bunch of the rebels have it. Head to facebook.com slash rebel parenting. I'll put the code at top. If you buy it with our code, it helps us out. You don't have to just go to Amazon and buy it if you don't want to help rebel out. But if you want to help rebel out, you can buy it with that code it will definitely help us out. And if you're on the newsletter, we will include the link in the newsletter. You should definitely help us out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all, by the way, any donation you make to Rebel Parenting is tax deductible. You can go to rebelparenting.org and click on the donate tab. Bonus. That's right. Anything else? I do. Let's talk about the upgrade. Ooh, upgrade. <laughs> okay. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it now. I didn't do this. I've been talking about this for a month. Like we have big news coming, like all these things. We were having meetings and all this kind of stuff. When I started the upgrade, I thought it was going to be a small group, high interaction with me and and these authors. If you don't know what the upgrade is, Laura and I, our life changed when we started doing Rebel. Mm -hmm. It just did. I mean, for a billion reasons. And I mean, it's been almost two years and we got better. We got better as a couple. We got better as parents. Uh, We got better at a lot of things. And I was like, what's going on? Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. It's because of the amount of time we focus on our marriage and our parenting. And it was really the mentoring we got from authors like Jim Burns. Really. We just got so much mentoring from them. We had questions, we'd call them and we'd interview them. And so we went back over the last two years and picked first, we picked the 12 most impactful authors and books that we reviewed things that really changed our life. Like Paul Tripp's book, parenting, I don't like the title. I will never stop recommending that book because it really, it changed my relationship with my son, Lincoln. I just, yeah. I, I, I owe you, Paul. I owe you, which is why, it's why I chose you because I want everybody that I know to focus on your book for a whole month. I want people to focus on it for a month and people go, Ryan, we just have so much trouble. I, I, I'm so busy. I, I can't read, you know, a whole book every single month. Uh, who cares? I will send you a video that covers all the material in the book. Right. Okay. I, if you don't read it, you don't read it. If you're like, I can't watch a video every week, we're going to send the audio out too. If you just want to listen to it on your commute into work or while you're running or working out, by all means do that. Uh, and if you're like, but I want to read it. I want to go through all this stuff. I love to read. Great. We're going to give you the, the paperwork as well. Uh, we'll fill it out. It'll guide you through the book. It'll give you, you know, what you should read during the days It'll change your life. It absolutely, I guarantee, I guarantee it will change your life. If it doesn't, I'll give your money back. That's what we've got on there. I'll give your money back. I don't care. And by the way, when we started, because there was so much interaction, all the authors have signed on. I called all these authors. And then I was like, ooh, but this book is good too. We have to do that one too. So um, it's not 12 books anymore. It's, It's 15. Wow. Yeah. So... It's a lot. It's a lot. And it was going to be 50 bucks a month, about 500 bucks a year, because there's so much interaction between myself and you all and the authors and a ton of people signed up. A ton. Mm -hmm. So we started calling them because we haven't made anybody pay yet. Saying, you know, wow. I just didn't think that many people would respond. And then it was like, wow, that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So we started calling everybody. Like, what do you like? What will help? What drew you to Rebel in the first place? We got a ton of good answers back. And then we started doing the math. Uh, we don't have to charge that much. And here's what else we heard. Uh, hey, man, I love you. Mm-hmm. And these are great books. 
and I'm a parent and I'm broke. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm broke too. I'm a parent. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a lot. Here's the truth too. You want to know the honest truth? I think this is worth 50 bucks a month. I really, really do. There are some other things like this out there. You can find them. They are all a lot more expensive. They're a lot more than 50 bucks a month, by the way. They're yeah. really expensive and you don't get anything. I don't know why. It's just not for me. And here's the truth. My plan is only for some people, right? But those plans, because I've got a couple of them, you get a book and a journal. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> hey man, I've got books and I have blank paper. I know how to write. I don't need a journal with this book. Uh, and people are like, yeah, but it's curated content. Well, we're doing curated content too. I get that, but we'll just tell you all the books that we read. I'll just tell you those. But you don't get any interaction with the authors or the people setting up these plans. You have zero interaction. If you've got a question, eh, maybe they'll tweet you back. Maybe. Right. Hey, I want to know who you are. I want to help your life. If you've got an issue, I want to be there for you. So does Laura. So does Producer K. So do all these authors. And so that's what we're doing. So it's not 50 a month. <laughs> uh, it's 10. What? Yeah. I know. You know what my dad said yesterday? He goes, Ryan, that's ridiculous. And I go, yes. Could you say that on the radio, please? And he goes, okay. <laughs> it is. It's less than the cost of the book. Okay, we don't send you the book. I don't know how you listen or read. Like I read primarily on my Kindle or I listen on Audible. So if you sent me a book, I don't know what to do with it. I give it to Producer K. Right. She loves love paper books, books right? <laughs> but we are thinking about it, you know, You've got an expense, and then if you buy a book, there's an expense on top of that. We want, parents are broke, and we just, oh, we want to help you so bad, yeah. and we want to keep our lights on. And so <laughs> we're trying to figure out, like, people are like, wait, what? 10 bucks? That's nothing. Yeah, I know. And then um, it's, <laughs> it's 80 a year. <laughs> so if you want to buy the whole plan, if you want all 15 books, if you want all 15 months, if you want all the videos, all the audio, all the paperwork, all of that, it's 80 bucks. That's 80 it. 80 bucks for yeah. the year. For 15. Yeah. That's amazing. Hey, like, oh, and so I told my dad about it. Do you know what's so funny? He was so cute. He's like, you don't have any buy books on there. And I was Aww. like, well, you're busy. And he's yeah. like, well, my books are good too. And I'm like, your books are great. Like, are you kidding me? Bringing up boys, bringing up girls? Like, right. Those books, I've heard so much from parents on bringing up boys and bringing up girls because he is a scientist and he, he's not a pastor, but he's pastoral. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a scientist and a, and a therapist. Yeah. Like those books rock. And he was like, why aren't my books in there? And I was like, what? I was like, do you, well, oh, it's not 15 books. It's, I think it's 16. Oh. Is it 16? Goodness gracious. I'm. My business partner is so mad at me because I'm giving away so much stuff. He's like, Ryan, it's took a year and a half of stuff. And I was like, yeah, it's going to help parents. That's right. the truth too. It'll help you. Someday when, when your kids are out of the house and you've got expendable income and you're looking for a place to donate to, there's going to be another ministry that's helping your children. That's just, there's, there is. We just want to make it affordable for everyone. We want everyone to be able to transform their family and have a better family. That's it. All the authors are stoked. Uh, my business partners are not stoked, but I, this is going to be great. We're going to have so much fun together. You can text the word upgrade. I forgot what it is. 444? No, no, no. Uh, that's Rebel to 444999. You can text the word upgrade to 345345. That's what it is. You can text the word upgrade to 345345. Um, and here's what I'm going to do. For free... You can get, uh, here, hand me Sarah Beckman's book. It's so good. So you sign up. We're going to send you Sarah Beckman, all the material for Sarah Beckman filled out. If you haven't read the book, you will get all the pertinent information. We'll send you the videos. We'll send you the Q&A uh, that I did with Sarah. You do the Q&A. We'll send you the Q&A that I did with me and all the rebels. We'll send you this one. Uh, that's free. Uh, and we're going to send you this month's book, Becoming Moms, not book, program on this month's book Heidi St. John's Becoming Mom Strong it was a bestseller we've had tons of feedback she was great on the podcast I'm a huge fan of Heidi uh, I mean what's not to love they travel the country in RVs with a million kids helping parents be better parents and better homeschoolers they're the greatest 
So, Becoming Mom Strong, we'll give both of you those for free by texting the word upgrade to 345345. And then 10 bucks a month, you get the program. Uh, 80 bucks, you get all 15. Amazing. I think so. Yeah. Cool? Cool. Rebels, man, we love you. I hope you're doing well. If you need anything, if you are struggling, email me. Help at rebelparenting.org. It goes right to my phone. Help at rebelparenting.org. I've got a bunch of prayer requests that have been going on, and you all need to know we pray for all of you, every single last one of you. We love you guys. See you next week. Ooh, we'll see you Wednesday with another encounter with our superstar producer, Kay. That's right. <laughs>